Hey there, entrepreneur. Have you ever found yourself, you know, feeling the pressure to compromise your vision due to opinions of others? Well, if that resonates with you, you're going to want to go back and check out my last episode where I interviewed Shannon Crotty because she talks all about, you know, running things through your filter to make sure that you're staying true to your personal vision for success. But for right now, I am so excited to bring back from our launch episodes, the incredible Deborah Vogue. Let's go. Ever found yourself teetering on the edge of throwing in the towel? You know, asking yourself questions like, is this supposed to be this hard? Or is it even possible to succeed at this entrepreneur thing? I completely get it because I built my successful businesses while juggling major health issues for my children and myself, debt piling up to my eyeballs and so much more. Want to know how the hell I succeeded and how you can too? Tune in to find out. Here we go. I am so excited to welcome back Deborah Vogue. As I mentioned before in our last episode, she brought so much value in such like a short sound bite of an episode that we've decided to have her back for more. And I consider her a dear friend and wait till you hear the qualifications on this powerhouse of a woman. So she originally created the Connect2 Corporation to coach women professionals to accelerate their individual development and career growth with outstanding communications. But in 2019, After 20 years in business, she decided to refocus her company on supporting women to navigate their way through personal and professional crises. Which, by the way, I think you have a crystal ball, Deborah. So bravo on that one, given what we're dealing with now. Um, And in times of crisis to come, Deborah guides women to align their leadership choices and communications with their brilliance and unique definitions of success so that they transform from over, overwhelmed to effective in difficult situations, which I think is just such a value add to anybody um, going through a crisis. And her career path, which is absolutely amazing, has included conducting research at the Harvard Business School, um, advising nine technology startups as director of the People Strategy for, Ca- for Cambridge Incubator, and directing admissions and career development for the MIT MBA dual degree program, Leaders for Global Operations. The Boston Globe has profiled her for outstanding abilities to select talented candidates and motivate and develop employees while resolving conflicts and all sorts of things for organizations. And to top it all off, she is also a sought-after expert um, and has been featured in Forbes, Inc., U.S. News, World Report, and so much more. Oh my goodness, I can't even, I can't even believe how amazing you are. And I'm so excited to have a much longer conversation with you, Deborah. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you for inviting me back. I'm excited. Yeah. So, I mean, let's dive right in. So tell us, you know, give us the longer version, dive into kind of your background, how you came into coaching, how the transition kind of took place, all of that kind of meat and potatoes. So I'm going to hand it over to you. We're going to dive right in with that. Oh my gosh. Um, I think that I was a coach since I was a teenager. And I think that I've been working with people as a coach through crises since I was a teenager, but I didn't really realize that second part until last, uh, until last summer when I refocused my business. Uh, so I was always really interested in where psychology and business come together. 
And so my work has really been at that intersection through all the different phases of my career. Oh, there's so much I could share about that. I'm just thinking about what would be the most relevant to say. So I've worked in academia, I have worked in corporate, and I've worked as an entrepreneur, and they've all been really wonderful growth and learning opportunities. Um, but I just love having my own business and getting to shape my work according to how my vision evolves. Wonderful. That's, that's a beautiful thing, right? As from an entrepreneurial perspective is, you know, there's, there's so many challenging things that people speak about with the entrepreneurial journey, but when you really get down to it, like having that ability to craft your, what your freedom looks like, what your time looks like, yeah. um, you know, all of those things is just a beautiful, beautiful thing, which I'm sure, you know, I know you're a mom, mm -hmm. <laughs> I know you've been through some crap. So yep. I'm sure that, you know, being able to kind of craft your own, your own path and have the freedom has probably come in handy, right? For sure. Yeah, for sure. Flexibility um, is probably my, one of my highest values Yeah, exactly. in, in terms of my own work. Yeah. Yeah. So can you, can you tell us a little bit, you know, what is it that you do now? You know, when you say kind of you, you walk through and you help people navigate this crisis, like what does that mean? So I work with leaders, and that's leaders of organizations, leaders of families, leaders of themselves, um, who are at all stages of leadership to help them get through personal and or professional crises. And as we talked about last time, I think it's really difficult to decouple those, you know, our personal lives and our professional lives get inextricably intertwined when our businesses are built on our brilliance, yes. on what I know how to do, what my experience has been, what my education has been, versus if my work is following a script, following a pattern, following a really specific career ladder. Um, so I think it's different for people who have those kinds of jobs, but I'm really focused on people who have brilliance-based careers, brilliance-based businesses, brilliance-based families. So now I forgot what question you just asked me because I was thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay, that's okay. Oh, what um, do I, I really do now? Yeah, what do yeah, I really do yeah, now? I remember. Yeah, what do I do now? All right, so I work with leaders who are in some sort of crisis that could be uh, a divorce, a diagnosis, a death of a loved one, a diagnosis of a child or a parent, a business dispute, a downsizing, lots of different things that can go wrong. And lately I've learned that turns out I can be useful to leaders who are going through crises with their organizations that were brought on by the pandemic. Nice. And so what Great. I do is, yes, I'm a coach, but I also, in addition to coaching, so I'm, I'm guiding people through and giving them emotional support. But in addition to that, I'm a researcher at heart and I love to research. So I take on projects to go find out the information that my clients need in order to make important decisions. So that's another piece. I also connect them to people and resources that they need um, to get through their crises, whether that's other professionals or whether that's individuals who have gone through similar things so that they can learn from and be mentored by people who have walked that path before. 
Right. I mean, I remember when you were you and I had sat down, we went to lunch that time and we had to kind of start talking about it. It was right when you were making the shift into this role. And all I could keep thinking about, and I know we almost actually worked together, was how I would have killed to have one of you <laughs> when I was going through everything. Because I think to your point, when you are a leader, whether it be of your family or, you know, in my case, I was leading organizations and clients and all the things, you know, it's it's a different, it's a different dynamic when you're in crisis or even, you know, when your yeah. children are in crisis and, you know, especially if you're a type A and you like to kind of dig in and get things done, but at some point you hit your breaking point, right? So having you as a partner, I can assume is ridiculously valuable for whoever hires you, <laughs> especially you. in that moment of crisis. You're welcome. And what I bring too is like, I don't, want people to picture me like I'm just sitting on a high and saying like oh there there Michelle and pat you on the head and that's you know what you've gone through no. in the crisis what I'm bringing is that I've been at a breaking point multiple times right. fortunately they were spaced out <laughs> but still yeah. I you know I have walked that path as I was mentioning earlier and expect that I'll be walking it again too of and course I'm, yeah I'm just lucky to have the community built up now people I can turn to when I can right. do it again but I mean, what do you believe is kind of the key to coping with or bouncing back from a crisis, like as an entrepreneur, because our lives and our businesses are so kind of intertwined that there's, there's going to, there's going to be an impact, right? No matter what, if it's a small thing or a big thing, there's still going to be that impact that, that happens if a crisis hits. So what do you have to say kind of is, is relevant for that? I can't boil it down to one thing, but I can boil it down to three. Um, <laughs> I'll take it. So I've been thinking, um, you know, last summer when I was thinking, what do I really want my message to be? What I realized is there's three keys to getting through, surviving for your word, you know, any of life's inevitable big challenges. And the three keys are communication, capacity, and community. And I could talk about each of those at length, and I do work through each of those at length with my clients. But for communication, there's couple things maybe I can um, bring forth. So one is it takes courage to ask for the help that you need and to really communicate that. And I know I, as a single mom now for most of my kids' lives, I've been in that place where I felt like I don't know who's here to support me. And I'm not going to ask because it's really obvious. Isn't it really obvious? Look what's happening over here. So <laughs> you and I'm always so aware of what my community members are going through that I remember many moments thinking, nobody can help me. They've got their own crap that they're dealing yeah. with. And if they could help me, they would have offered. Right. So, and I think, but that's a really good point, because right? they always say, like, check on your strong friends, right? Like, check on the people who are the helpers. Check on the people who, you know, are always the first up to help you because... You know, when crisis hits them, they're they're kind of last on the list for some people because people think they're they're strong enough. Yeah, you're right? all set. You've got this. Yes, and so I mean, I've I've heard that from people. So, communication to be willing to ask for what you need is really important. And I've been in that place where I wasn't willing to ask. Then I've been in a place where I was willing to ask, but I had to deal with people saying no. Gosh, Deb, I wish I could help you more with this situation, but I'm going through X, Y, Z, and I'm barely surviving it myself. So I wish I could do more for you, but I can't. It's hard to hear that now, especially after you've made yourself vulnerable to ask. But I've also received yeses. 
and sometimes from surprising places. So there's a lot to talk about under communication, but that's the first piece. The second piece is being willing to have difficult conversations of all kinds and having the courage to do that. Asking for help is one kind of difficult conversation, but there's also the kind where you need to negotiate with someone to get professional services or personal services for you or your loved one. Um, and there's times when you need to gather a lot of information quickly, and those can be difficult conversations. You know, I can turn to my friend Michelle, who is one of the only entrepreneurs I know besides me who has two kids with special needs. But Michelle, she's very busy, and, you know, I don't want to make her feel uncomfortable or ask her awkward questions. Now, obviously, I've already done this with Michelle because we're friends. <laughs> I've already obviously. Thanks for brain for this, this information. Uh, but you have to be willing, and um, sometimes that is kind of scary. So one of the things that I've been doing in addition to coaching people is really teaching them what you need to do to have a difficult conversation and giving them places to role play how they're going to do it and have me or somebody else in the group classes that I have play the role of the person you're expecting to get a lot of resistance from in that difficult conversation. And it really helps women go in stronger and more confident. And they don't always get the exact answer they were going for. That's just not real. But they can feel more proud of themselves and they can feel more accomplished and they can learn from the experience even if they don't get the yes they were going for. Right, right. Especially that, like you said, the learnings, the learnings that, you know, it kind of, once I feel like you kind of get over that hump of that first ask or that first conversation, you know, it's not as scary. It's not kind of this big nebulous fear-driven thing, Um, you know, so it becomes easier with time that, that you do it. Every time you do it, it becomes a little bit easier. Um, What would you say to the people who get the no's? Because I know that's always a good question that I can hear somebody saying, well, I've asked and they've all said no. Um, yeah. That, what would you say to that? It's tough. I mean, it hurts to get a no. And, and so I would be empathetic to what that feels like. But also to say, you've got to keep knocking on doors. It's just like if you're out looking for a job, some people are not going to have openings in their company at the time. But you need to rely on your community and be willing to go out there and seek support go past the no understand that it's okay they said no because it's under oh it's okay if you say no if somebody asks you for help we all have to take care of our own boundaries and we all have to learn and this is a huge lesson for me that i'm still working on at the ripe old age of 53 is to give from the saucer not from the cup I used to just give and give and give till I was like completely dried out. Um, So when people say no to me now, I actually commend them and thank them for taking care of themselves by answering in that way, even though it's tough to hear. But I encourage others to do the same. What a beautiful sentiment. Yeah, that's a beautiful sentiment when you say kind of give from the saucer and not the cup, because I think sometimes we, we give at the bottom of that cup you know, yeah. before we, you know, everything just keeps piling on top of the giving that we're, that we're taking on. And, you know, when you have kind of that picture of an overflowing teacup, you yeah. know, and that saucer is just full, you know, then you know that there's capacity to kind of pay it forward mm-hmm. to the people around you. Um, so I've heard you speak on a lot of amazing topics. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my favorite is kind of speaking to, you know, collateral damage and 
who you should and should not communicate when there's somebody in crisis um, communicate with. So can you talk a little bit about that for us? Yeah, so I'm a trained mediator and I'm fascinated by mediation and what happens when you have two parties come together with a third person and when they're really willing to have dialogue and hash things through, what better uh, win-win situ resolution can they come to? So there's an article that I read that was written by, written together by a coach and a mediator and it's on the ring theory. So I didn't make this up, but I, it's just stuck with me and I just kept talking about it uh, so much that now people are asking me to talk about it. Um, and the ring theory says, comfort in, complain out. So let me explain that. So picture a series of concentric circles where kind of like a, a dartboard and the very, very center is the person that I call person zero. So that person right in the middle is the one who's in the midst of the crisis. That person is lying on a hospital bed. That person is in a heap on the floor crying over something that's just happened to them. That person is really in the center. But then very often you'll find somebody just one ring out. That might be that person, the person zero's best friend or sister or spouse who's very close to and wants to help take care of the person zero who's falling apart right at this moment. The, I call that person the point person who's one ring out. So just starting with that really uh, specific example, if the person who's the point person is struggling because they're feeling really overwhelmed with everything they're taking on from the point zero, person zero person um i keep I feel like i keep saying the same word over and over again sorry so <laughs> the person zero has a lot of emotional needs you can imagine and practical needs and the point person's trying to fill those the point person might have some feelings about this and the point person might be overwhelmed or scared or worried fearful angry about what the person zero is going through angry at the person zero i mean all feelings are they're, valid. Yeah. They're all valid, right? So the point person's job, because she's one ring out from the person zero, is to comfort the person zero. But the person at the point, the point person is going to need to complain and get support and express those feelings. So it's the job of the point person to go one more ring out from the person zero and talk to that person's best friend or colleague or spouse or sibling and share that way what they're going through and process what they're going through. So the idea is that if you are in the center of the crisis and you're the person zero, all people should be doing is making your life easier and trying to comfort you. It is not the place for you to help them deal with the fact that you are dying, for example. And I take that as an example, not lightly, but uh, from an example that a real client was struggling with. And then similarly, if you're the point person, you deserve to be supported for what you're going through as the point person. I've never heard anybody else articulate this language about the person zero and the point person and all the research that I've done. And I feel like it's us as point people, which you and I both have been as moms, yep we need we are the strong friends and we need support just as much 
as the person in the center of the crisis. And I feel like just not enough people talk about that. They talk about caregiver support and that's part of it, but there's so much more. And we often need practical support, just like the, the person in the, in the center. Right, and I think, you know, you have a great point around, you know, not complaining inward, right? Because especially if you are the point person, you're the caretaker, you know, you're more than likely spending a lot of time caretaking, right? Mm -hmm. And if you do have really big emotions, where are you going to put them, right? And sometimes it's it's very hard to kind of not put that, oh my goodness, I'm so worried you're going to die. Oh my goodness, I'm so worried you're sick. You know, whatever that looks like at the person going through the crisis, but, you know, you and I can both agree, having been, you know, on, on all levels of the circle for in all yes. different situations. For all different people. All of the rings. Yes. Yeah, um, all the rings. You know, that the last thing you want to feel if you are in the crisis is like you're a burden, yeah. right, to the person on the outer ring. So I think it's, it's very impactful what you're saying, too, is that if you are that point person, not complaining inward, but then also equally as important is to seek the comfort outward. That you um, deserve. That you, you deserve. Person. You deserve right. what you need. Right. And that, I mean, that just comes full circle to what you were speaking about earlier around the communication and being, being able to ask, because sometimes I think that people think that they're in it with the, you know, the caregiver and the person in crisis think that they're partnering to get through it. And it's really not a partnership if you're a caregiver, mm -hmm. right? There's a giver and a taker in those situations. So I just... I think that is just such an important thing to state for people to hear, especially those who are dealing with crisis. Um, so what, would, what advice would you kind of leave our audience, you know, if they were in crisis right this minute, beyond kind of what you just said, which is basically don't complain in, you know, <laughs> comfort out, um, you know, what else? Comfort would you in, complain out. Comfort <laughs> in, complain out, I'm backwards, goodness gracious. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you. Um, what other advice would you give our, our folks that are listening at home? Number one, know that you're not alone. Even if you feel like you're alone, you're not alone. There just have been so many times where I have felt like I'm, you know, the single mom in the crisis with the health issue and the legal issue that goes around it. And I just, I felt so much by myself but there were always people there. And sometimes when I was so drained, my capacity was so drained, I couldn't necessarily remember who they were. So the first thing that I would say as advice is take a moment out for self-care, which sounds impossible. How do you possibly have time to take care of yourself? You're dealing with a house on fire, but you need to take some time especially if this is an ongoing thing, crisis that you're dealing with. And once you've had a little time to yourself, even if it's an hour, ask yourself, who can support me? And if you can't think of anybody who can do it personally, think of me as a professional. I want to be there so you're not alone. I decided to do become a crisis navigation partner so nobody else would be alone. So you, I just want to remind you, you're never alone take some time for yourself to rebuild some capacity and then ask. Right, right, beautiful, beautiful. Cause I think, you know, you do feel very alone when you're, yeah. when you're in the midst of it, right? Cause everybody, everybody's been through different levels of crisis, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you and I have been through some pretty extreme things, right? But I also respect the fact that other people have not and a mountain to molehill, you know, comparison is not, is not gonna work, right? 
um, depending on that person's capacity for resilience and what they've been through and things like that. But you raise an excellent point about, you know, really taking that beat, taking that beat when you can, even if it's 15 minutes, you know, for yourself to just, and I think the number one question, like you said, is who can, who can help me? And if it's business wise as an entrepreneur, who can help me? Is it a coach like you? Is it, you know, outsourcing to a V or like me? Thank you. (laughs) Um, Or, you know, or is it a friend who may not completely understand what I'm going through, but offer to make a meal, whatever it is, because there's a domino effect that rolls into your business. Right. Um, When you really look at that. So, wow. wow. Um, Any kind of last things that maybe you want to touch upon that you didn't have a chance to with everybody? when you were kind of recapping what I said, I just had this memory of when my daughter was having the hardest time with severe anxiety and was in and out of hospitalization programs and we were going through such a hard time and people would say, just take it one day at a time. And I was like, one day at a time? Are you kidding me? I'm taking it 15 minutes at a time. Yeah, exactly. Walk it back, walk it back. Yeah, walk it back, but I'll make it to 410. Let me see. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. So, I just want to leave you with that. Like, if you're taking it 15 minutes at a time, more power to you. Scale things back to um, to put them in as bite-sized chunks as possible, because being in a crisis requires being fiercely present. Yes. And if you're thinking too far ahead, what's the plan? You probably can't handle what's right in front of you, and that's again where your support system can come in to help you. Right, absolutely. Minutes is winning. <laughs> agreed, agreed. Because if not, then you risk kind of an anxiety spiral too of, yeah. you know, the what ifs and the what's going to come and kind of planning and, um, you know, catastrophizing whatever may come, which yes. may not even happen, right? So staying present, such such valuable information this entire conversation has been. Um, so thank you. So tell everybody kind of where they can find you, all of your, you know, your social media, your website, whatever that may be. So tell everybody where they can get get to you. I know people are on all different kinds of social media, but um, all I can handle is Facebook and LinkedIn. And I recently started on Instagram too. So my URL for my business is connecttwo.com. So connect and the number two spelled as a word.com. And if you search for connecttwo on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook, you'll find me there. And um, those are some ways to start a conversation with me. And if you go to my website, one of the things that I offer is a free consultation. So I invite anyone who wants to just connect further about their experience or talk about how we could potentially work together to start there, setting up a time for us to talk. Wonderful. Thank you. And I'll be sure to include all those links and, you know, a link to your website and your your kind of free consult. thing there too, which I think is brilliant. And if you have a chance to take advantage of it and you're listening to this, go there now, ask for help. Yeah. You know, I think you, you, you need the support if you're going through something. It is, it's just such a wonderful thing to have in those moments. So, um, well, thank you again, Deborah, for coming in and yeah. sharing such amazing, amazing knowledge. I hope everybody, you know, follows you and does all the things because you're just, you're absolutely brilliant and I love you. So thank you. I love you too. And I can't wait to hear all the episodes of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Tune in because I think this is just one of many amazing conversations we're having here. So thank you again, Deborah. Okay, everyone. So there's so, so much value in that conversation, but I want to unpack it a little bit and just give you some insight into, you know, my, my favorite 
takeaway from it, which I have to say ultimately has to be, you know, you comfort in and you complain out when it comes to the circles of dealing with a crisis, because I cannot tell you how many times that, you know, I was in crisis, either, you know, dealing with my health issues or, you know, even taking care of my kids is kind of that one ring out and people would complain inward, you know, about their fears about whether or not I would be healthy or my children would be healthy or, you know, even about, I'm thinking of a friend in particular right now who's going through cancer treatment and she's got people kind of, anytime she gives an update, all of their fears come at her and she's the one that is dealing with the cancer and going through the treatments. So, you know, it just takes a little bit of self-realization and looking inward to say, okay, be very conscious of the words in which I put forth into the circle, right? And, and to that matter, back in the circle, you know, so you do want to make sure that you are comforting in and complaining outward. So again, check out Deborah's stuff because she's just, I just love her as a human being. She's one of my close friends and I just adore her. So check out her stuff if you need a little bit more support. And everybody, I have some exciting news that I'm going to be coming out with in the next couple episodes. Or if you're in the Surviving Entrepreneurship group, you will definitely know ahead of time. So you'll want to make sure you're in the group or tuning in because I have something that I'm launching that I'm very excited about. But Next week episode, I am also excited about because I am going to dig in with one of our former launch guests, Sedrola Maruska, and we are tackling some tough, 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 tough conversations, guys, around racial diversity and different conversations when it comes to the workplace and making sure that there's equal representation there. So some tough topics there, but I really do believe that it's something that needs to be brought to the forefront for all of us to listen to. So tune in then. And as always, if you like what you heard today, please don't forget to download, subscribe, rate, and review, and you know, tell a friend, because who couldn't use a little bit more resilience in their life? Right, guys? See you later.